Welcome to this week's Green Side Up. This is Richard Henschel, University of Illinois Extension Educator in Horticulture, and back in the studio with me is Laura Barr. She's our Nutrition and Wellness Educator. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. I started some shows here last week with Laura about National Heart Month, and we talked about a, a variety of things, including lots about uh, diet and eating more fresh fruits and vegetables, along with all the other things that we've heard like our entire lives, like <laughs> lose weight, quit smoking, (laughs) less salt, all those things. But I know there are the uh, Department of Health and Human Services and USDA have been working and collaborating for a while here and putting something together they're calling the Dietary Guidelines for Americans. Yes, that's correct. Okay, I got that sentence right anyway. (laughs) How has that changed from what it used to be, for example, or what are some of the things they're really trying to get Americans to do to to change their diet and eat healthier? Well, the, the guidelines themselves are updated every five years because they are based on science, and University of Illinois Extension brings research-based evidence to our communities. Based on science, what they're looking at now is in, instead of focusing on a diet, is look at a healthy eating pattern. And that's across the whole lifespan. And a lot of times, too, when people go on diets, quote-unquote, they go off the diet, they end up kind of gaining weight back or getting back into patterns that aren't healthy. So if you can make small changes, maybe one or two at a time, and get them to be a habit, you're more likely to be successful because you keep them and you keep doing them. So that's kind of when we're looking at following a healthy eating pattern across the lifespan is adopting healthier eating patterns. And it could be any it could be eating more fruits and vegetables, less salt, less um, saturated fat, which comes from animals. So using more plant-based oils like olive oil, corn oil, canola oil. So those are monounsaturated fats, better for the heart and healthier over the long run. Okay, so I, I don't think anybody likes the word diet anyway. So we got to do something to change our thought pattern, I guess. So that's, that's, that's a pretty good thing to say. And as you said, it's just little things. You start with one or two, and they become habit, and then you adopt another one or two. Is that what I'm getting? Right, once those are down firmly. Okay, and that takes about 90 days, right? Yeah, Yeah. somewhere okay, so in if there. Can, if you can hang on for 90 days or so, um, and maybe that will... Maybe that will stick. Yes, and also I think you get the benefit of the changed pattern. Mm-hmm. So that's that is a positive reinforcement. Yeah, reinforcement, sure, sure. Okay, touch on if you can, because I know the way processed foods work today. I know we need to be limiting, you know, calories from added sugars and trying to reduce sodium, and as you already mentioned, kind of get lose some of those saturated fats. What are some? Do you have a comment or a, a method here that we can we can start to do this? For example, how do you uh, limit uh, added sugars? Well, there's there's plenty of ways to do that. Uh, it's helpful to read a, sh- a label, a food label, and you just kind of see what they're putting in it. And added sugars are in tricky places. They can be in tomato sauce. They're definitely in beverages. Beverages is kind of front and center with the new guidelines because these days a lot of our beverages have a lot of sugar added. So when we look 
at energy drinks or soda or even fruit juice with added sugars. We want to kind of, you know, use those as how we put it, sometimes foods, once in a while, not an everyday deal. And it's really important to read the label, see what's in your food, and kind of note the sugars that are in it. And I like to tell people words with O's, O-S-E at the end, that's a sugar, like dextrose, sucrose, fructose. So whenever you see that O's, you know it's a sugar. (laughs) Even if you can't pronounce the word, you look for the letters at the end. That's right. (laughs) Well, very good. Very good. Um, I want to talk about, I guess, the difference between what we talk about now is nutrient-dense and energy-dense foods. But one thing that I think, uh, as I was reading some material about this uh, guidelines, uh, were that support healthy patterns for all of us. I mean, it's, it's just really hard for one person in a family to try to deal with being healthier on their own, but it should be something that go, goes across family-wide, right? It's Starting with the kid. I mean, you may need to do this, but you don't want to... You want to get the kids started down the road on the right path, right? Right, right. It's really hard for one person in a family to do something completely different. And not only in a family, what we like to see is system systematic change. Mm-hmm. So change in systems, so changes in schools, changes in workplace, um, offering healthier choices in restaurants. So systematically having healthy choices help people that are working on that. Okay. And because it's it creates barriers when the system that you're in doesn't really reinforce what you're trying to do. Okay. So but a place to start is home. Home is the yes. Meals, exactly. More fruits and veggies. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then so what is this what is the difference between nutrient-dense and, say, energy-dense foods? So when we're looking at nutrient density, we're looking at the ratio of nutrients to calories. So something that, like fruits and vegetables and low-fat dairy and lean meat, it's got a lot of nutrients but not a lot of calories. When we're looking at energy-dense, we're looking at foods that have a lot of calories. And sometimes those have their place when people have to gain weight. That's not a national problem, but sometimes people have to gain weight for various reasons. Then we'd give them energy-dense foods, which would be doing the opposite, adding you know, maybe natural sugars, powdered milk, um, and more fat to help them gain. Okay. So over the board, the 2016 dietary guidelines are focusing on nutrient dense on our plate. Okay. All right. Again, to conclude all this uh, for this week, uh, once again, relate that to the my plate. Half your plate ought to be essentially fruits and veggies. Right. And then we have a lean protein. A lean protein. And then the grain. We like to see people eat whole grains. So get half your grains whole, and then get your calcium-rich foods, which would bring in low-fat dairy like yogurt and milk and cheese. Okay. I've talked to, with Drew about this in the past, but the size of the plate makes a difference too, doesn't it? Right. Nine-inch <laughs> diameter. That's what, that's, that's what the plate is. That's what a, that's what a dinner plate's <laughs> supposed to be, nine inches. I, no platters. No platters. And I know uh, our dinner, dinner plates at home are much larger than nine inches. Plates and servings have gotten larger over the decades, for sure. Laura, thank you again. This is great learning about the dietary guidelines again. 
I know there's more to talk about in the next couple more shows that you're going to come back for. Looking forward to that. Appreciate it. This has been Richard Henschel with Laura Barr from the University of Illinois Extension Office with this week's Greenside Up. We'll be back again next week.